A garage to park his car is all Tony Poston really wanted. That was success. I think a lot of us have been there. Life can be a struggle. As kids, we look to a future day. When I grow up, I, I know I'll make it if. Fast forward 20 years and things have certainly changed for Tony. He's a business success. First as president and founder of College Hill Custom Threads, a, a role he ended up relinquishing, albeit he's still the owner, to become the first executive director of Coogs First, which is an organization that we talked to him more about. Much of this transition had to do with the realization that Tony had his garage and much more, yet all of a sudden it wasn't deemed enough. So introspection, wise counsel from his spouse, all that helped in this transition. The constant through all of this was Pullman. It may not have been where Tony grew up, but it is his hometown. I really enjoyed this conversation with Tony, and I hope you do as well. One more interesting thing about this podcast is that we also have a video version of this. Yes, we've got a, a video podcast or a vodcast. It's available on the Pullman Proud Podcast Facebook page. Make sure you go check it out. Thanks for listening, and now here's Tony. Hi, my name is Brandon Chapman. You can just call me Chappie. I choose to live in Pullman because I love Pullman. The city is far from perfect, but it's been perfect for my family and me. On this podcast, I interview people because behind every business, organization, cause, or initiative is a person who works tirelessly to make this community the way it is. It's a person who helps make me Pullman Proud. The Pullman Proud Podcast is brought to you by Sprouse Real Estate, where passion meets expertise. Meet Shiloh and Abigail Sprouse. Hello, I'm Shiloh. And I'm Abigail. Team Sprouse is a dynamic and successful married team of agents who uniquely blend dedication, attention to detail, and extensive knowledge for every client they serve. Licensed in both Washington and Idaho, send them an email, teamsprousrealestate at gmail.com. We thank Team Sprouse for their dedication to Pullman and for their sponsorship of this podcast. And welcome back to another edition of the Pullman Proud Podcast. And I'm really excited to have Tony Poston with us today. Uh, you may know Tony, of course, for years and years as, as the president and founder of College Hill Custom Threads. And then it was just College Hill branded uh, right here on campus for a long time. Born right above the Valhalla, uh, a, a, a Coug alumnus, and very passionate about the Cougs. But a few years ago, shifted to uh, to being the the founder, or not the founder, sorry, the president, uh, uh, executive director. Got to get this right, executive yeah. director of <laughs> Cougs First, which is a just a consortium, a group of Coug alumni, a really strong uh, entity that connects Coug businesses and very passionate alumni together. So uh, today, Tony, I want to talk about all that, like how do you make a, a, a shift from I'm in college to now I'm owning a business to now I'm an executive director of this, this nationwide uh, group of very rabid, loyal Coug alumni, uh, all of which, by the way, has kept you here in Pullman. And so that's right. what we, I'd love to talk to you about today. Yeah. And thanks well, for joining. Yeah. First off, thanks for having me. I think this is incredible. I'm very proud of being a a Pullman local now. Um, been here for 20 years. Actually, this last fall was 20 years. I uh, had a little bit of a break uh, right after graduation for almost two years, but came back as, as quick as I could. So thanks for having me. Yeah, it's amazing to hear that. I have a similar story. It wasn't two years, but went out to do grad school, start work, move closer to family. And then at some point, uh, really the draw was to bring us back to Pullman and and truthfully, I've shared this, it wasn't WSU so much as it was the community. It was where we wanted to raise our kids. Mm -hmm. Of course, what is the major employer uh, in Pullman? So obviously, naturally, I started looking for jobs at, at WSU uh, mm -hmm. since then. But we wanted to come back here. It was a, a good place for us to uh, raise our four kids. So, yeah. um, and then, and then you know, uh, you reach that time period, and I'm sure you've you've now counted off the years when you're like, geez, I think I've lived in Pullman longer than I I, I had lived, you know, before I had moved to Pullman, you know, as a college yep. student. And you're yep. like, man, if, if that first part of your life feels like a long time, and then your time flies, and you're going, geez, I've been in Pullman so long now. So yeah, well, I, I mean, incredible. you know, it's interesting because um, I bounced around a lot as a as a kid, you know, with. Uh, I was raised by my grandparents primarily, and then I went with my mom for a little bit, and then back with my grandparents, and then eventually with my dad towards the end of high school. And um, 
one of my uh, kind of a mother figure to me, my friend's uh, mom, she uh, she was great to me. Even when I went to, to college here in Pullman, she came over for mom's weekend to be my mom because my mom wasn't able to make it. And um, but anyways, in her kitchen at her house in Vancouver, Washington, she had a, a like a vinyl or a painting on top of her kitchen, like towards the ceiling. It said, home is where your story begins. And I never really knew exactly where my home was because I was born mm-hmm. in Federal Way. I lived in Germany with my mom for a little bit because she married a guy in the Army for a period of time. And then I lived in Sandpoint, Idaho. And then I moved to live with my dad and then moved back and then moved back to Sandpoint, moved back to Vancouver with my dad and then eventually came to Pullman for school. And, and really, Pullman is where my story began. I mean, um, that's really where I you know, became who I am today. And so I do consider Pullman my hometown now, even though I didn't graduate high school here. But, you know, I went to school here for college, started my business here, met my wife here. So it really is home for me. Now, any resident always has the right to say, here's what I love and here's what I I think we should work on. But I, I especially feel like a story like yours, when you're that invested, uh, if anybody can say here, you know, has the right to say, here's what I love and here's what I maybe don't as much, I think it, mm-hmm. it would be you. Uh, one thing that I've asked the first three guests on this podcast, and I want to ask you this as well, uh, what makes you Pullman proud? Start out yeah. with that. Well, obviously, I mean, the university is such a big part of Pullman. I think it's, uh, it's, I've been to a lot of college campuses just in the nature of what I did with College Hill. We, at one point, were doing business at 400 college campuses. I've not been to all of those, but I've probably been to 75 or 100. Um, but there's no true college town like, like Pullman. I mean, I've been to State College, Pennsylvania. I've been to, um, I've been to Rutgers, the birthplace of college football. You know, I've been to a lot of really cool mm-hmm. places, but the town and the university are so in, ingrained with each other. And um, I'm proud of that. I mean, I'm a proud Coug through and through. Obviously, I've, I've um, been executive director of Coug's first, but before that with my business, a lot of my clients were Coug's, and I, and I love working with Coug's. I love talking to Coug's all day long about Pullman about what they're doing in their lives and their business. And um, so I'm proud of, of WSU and, and the flagship campus being here in Pullman. Um, my wife, she's a teacher here. And, you know, I think that that's a big part of what keeps us here is not just the university education, but the Pullman schools are amazing. I mean, your kids are in the schools and mm-hmm. I went to school uh, in Idaho and, you know, nothing against the high school education I got. But my last year of high school, I moved to Washington to live with my dad in Vancouver and it was just way different, you know. Washington schools are great, but Pullman is a, a great school district in Washington. So um, you see, you know, when you're at the chamber luncheons and the students of the month, and they're reading off all of these scholarships they're getting, and they're ended up going to these Ivy League schools and all these things. It's like, man, Pullman is putting out some really impressive young people. So yeah. proud of the the schools. Um, healthcare on the Palouse is amazing. We've had an amazing experience with both of our boys being born at Pullman Regional. Um, you know, we were in the corner birthing suite and had a view of campus. It was awesome. Uh, if you're a local Pullman, you know, the best place to get a cheap lunch in all of Pullman is the Red Sage Cafe in the hospital. Yes, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that is a, that is a secret. And that is that an is unsung a, hero. <laughs> it is, you know, like if you want the, the best $7 lunch that, that money can buy, go to or the Or cheaper even sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of funny because, you know, in the past I've had um, some staff come over from, from Seattle or wherever back at, at when I was running College Hill, and I'd take them out to lunch. and like, hey, where do you guys want to go? And I was like, you know, you, you want to go to a, a secret, a local secret? And we go up to the Red Sage Cafe in the hospital. Everybody's like, you're taking us to lunch at the hospital? I'm like, just wait. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I so had a good friend too. who... He came in uh, to do uh, some some sports. He's a play-by-play, a broadcaster, and and uh, the rest of the team left, and he stayed behind to actually go to some U of I stuff uh, the next day. But he he asked me about some locations, and I told him about the Red Sage there, and he said, "Wait, what?" So he did it anyway, and then he said, "Hey, that was good, and it didn't break the budget, so it yeah. didn't break the bank." We, so that's we used amazing. To actually- print out the menu and keep it on the wall here in the office so we can kind of look and see what uh what they have for the day and <laughs> yep yep i got it here somewhere so yeah yeah oh my goodness that's incredible well i'll tell you that i i just you know i posted on uh twitter which i don't do a lot anymore but i posted 
uh, you know, the the obligatory dropping the uh, the mail ballots, the ballots uh, into the box and said that I had done my duty and voted, voted on the school. So, you know, I had somebody reach out to me and, and I bring this up because you mentioned the schools and, and you mentioned your wife. And of course, I had one of my children in her class and I think they bonded over Harry Potter at that time and, yeah. <laughs> and enjoyed having her as a teacher. But um, somebody reached out to me and they said, I just can't vote yes because... Uh, you know, this one thing. And I, I said, well, I, I get that. Like, I understand, you know, that there are things that are not perfect. But have you seen communities that don't vote yes on school bonds and school levies? I have been in those kind of communities before. It's not good, right? Not, yeah. And so, like, I understand, like, there, there are little issues. Sometimes they're just our own pet peeves about something, the way schools might might run. Whether you're on the outside looking in, whether you're a school employee looking in. But I know in our community, like, those yes votes are so vital, and it is, mm -hmm. like, compounded. It is what makes the schools, um, you know, what they are today. And the teachers, of course, right? But mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's an amazing thing. I, you bring up health care, which is good. You bring up schools, which are, are just fantastic. Uh, I would not have moved my, my family somewhere where the schools weren't good with, with young kids. So mm -hmm. I think all of that is um, just amazing. I, yeah. So you went to school for what when you first came here? Uh, I went to school for business, but I could not get into the business school. Um, so, you know, I couldn't certify. My GPA wasn't strong enough. So I actually switched to political science. Uh, so I have a degree in political science and a degree in, in criminal justice. I was going to go to law school after graduating, but I didn't do that. Um, I ended up hopping in a van with six friends in a pop punk band and toured the country for a while. And, uh, Landed back in Seattle, worked for this guy who had started a record label, and, uh, you know, we we signed some bands and managed bands. He built a recording studio and was producing bands, which led to us doing merchandise for bands. And then one day I was like, hey, you know, you know who buys a lot of shirts is, uh, is college kids, you know, fraternities, mm -hmm. sororities, student groups. And then uh, that's sort of the origin of how College Hill started. A couple years after that, um, being over there on the west side, you know, he had intentions of continuing on in the music. I didn't really want to do that as much. Uh, he ended up moving to Nashville and pursuing that. Um, and I moved back to Pullman and started College Hill. So uh, that's kind of the short, short version of how College Hill got started. And actually, yeah. you mentioned it started above Valhalla. It did not start above Valhalla. It started above the Coug at first. Um, oh, yes. In, in our That's part, right. we ended up going to a Valhalla afterwards. That's so right. For our first four years in business, we were above two different bars, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of <laughs> funny. Um, and then we ended up opening an office in Seattle and then L.A. for briefly and then Boston. Um, and then ultimately we ended up buying the, the Palouse Korean Presbyterian Church. And now we have an office here and most of our employees are actually remote on the west side and some in Oregon, some in Idaho, um, but primarily over in the Seattle area. It, it only makes sense actually that you were over two bars considering Pullman finished second place, right? In the best bar town, yeah. uh, you know, in the college rankings. I, I told this to one of my classes because uh, they, you know, when, when we were talking about, um, you know, where I had gone to school. And so I went here undergrad and then I went to Syracuse for grad school. And of course it was WCU against Syracuse, right? Uh, in the finals and Syracuse ended up winning it. So we're, oh, we're wow. second place. Uh, Syracuse, it, it is it Waverly Avenue right there by campus. It is, it is a great, you know, bar yeah. town if that's your thing. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Gosh, I don't remember much. We went there on a sales trip. So we had JetBlue Airlines at one point did an all-you-can-jet pass for like 699 bucks. You could fly as many flights as you as you want, as long as there was room on the plane and you booked it three days in advance. And we did 30 flights in 30 days and hit up like <laughs> 40 or 50 college campuses. And uh, Syracuse was one of them. The, the one thing I remember about Syracuse is they had this barbecue place called Dinosaur Barbecue. Dinosaur Barbecue. Uh, yeah, was that <laughs> Absolutely. there when you were there? Oh, oh man, yeah, that place yeah. Is so good. <laughs> yep, yep. In fact, when we went back for a, a graduate like reunion, uh, went out there with the folks that that uh, we were staying with, and and then also ended up getting them a gift card because we stayed with them, and so it was a thank you. 
Um, but yeah, anybody who's who's been to Syracuse or has lived there knows like dinosaur barbecue is a thing. So mm-hmm. uh, absolutely, yeah. It's and and I don't know that it's the best barbecue I ever ate, but it is an establishment. You know, yeah. you have to do it. It's part of Syracuse. It's just one yeah. of those things. And so, yeah. did you go during the winter time or was it like summertime? No, it was like September. I think was the month that we did all the flights okay. and. Randomly, Syracuse was an was an airport nearby that JetBlue flew into, and so we mm-hmm. were like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll hit up Syracuse." I mean, we flew everywhere. We went down to, you know, Raleigh Durham. We went to Miami. We went to Boston. We went to L.A. Salt Lake, and then towards the end, we were like, "Hey, we've been doing all these um, campuses." Just honestly, we had backpacks. We literally lived off out of our backpacks and had flyers, and we hit up every Greek chapter at all of these campuses. And um, mm. but towards the end, we were like, "Hey, we need to do some fun stuff." So. Um, the other guy I was with, he ended up flying to JetBlue flew to, um, he went to Columbia actually, like Bogota or something like that. Um, Oh, nice. Where did he go? He went somewhere in South America. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I ended up going to Vegas by myself. I was like, Hey, you know, I've, I've only been to Vegas once. I want to go and and did a night there. And, um, but that was such a great trip. It was crazy though. We would like take red eyes and rent a car and hit up campuses and then go straight back to the airport and fly out to the next campus. But we were young. We were like, you know, 23 at the time. So, that's, yeah. That's the dream, man, at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can get up the next day and do it all over again. And even on JetBlue, I mean, the doors all stayed on the plane. So there you go. Yeah, so you came yeah. back to live to tell the story. Well, I haven't flown JetBlue since, but the one thing I liked about them is, you know, we were so poor back then. We were starting these, this company, right? And so, but they would yeah. walk through with like a basket of snacks. And instead of like, handing you one pe- one thing of peanuts they had like the munchies that had doritos with um you know mm-hmm. doritos with cheetos and pretzels all in one bag and they'd yeah i'd be like hey can i take a few and they would just like let me take like five and that would be like my meal because we were living on a shoestring budget back then so yeah and now we can't at our age the doctor's telling us that's not allowed anymore Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm on blood pressure medicine, you know. <laughs> let me let me ask you this because you mentioned um good college town and I, I, I'm with you on this. I see these kind of rankings out there from time to time, like best college towns in America. And they have places like Louisville, Kentucky on that. I'm going yeah. I just can't understand like I I get it, but like if you've got a town a city of two hundred thousand people and the university comprises 1% of that. That can't be considered a college town. It just can't, right? Right. It, no. it can't be. Spokane, I'm sorry. Spokane is not a college town. No. Like, it's just not. Um, I, I see, I've been to a lot of co- small colleges, a lot of D3. You know, there are a lot of D3 schools that are very college town oriented. But uh, I think Pullman is very, very much... Um, unique in that that regard and i think yeah. maybe the closest i would consider in you know the pack two now is like corvallis is fairly close uh yeah but it's it's unique i mean you look at the history of pullman and pullman was built around the university the university was chosen to be here and that's the reason pullman is pullman right like yeah uh yeah i think you just have to kind of look at that like was it a town or a college first right so we were yeah. a college here and the town built around it so Every once in a while I hear when there are these movements uh, to identify yourself or brand yourself like from a city, there's the, there's always a faction that wants to push for de-associating with the university and say, we're more than just the university. Well, well sure, of course, but yeah. you can't take the university out. No. If you or I were to say, you know, if we took out every one of our strikeouts in Little League, we'd be, you know, we'd be uh, Babe Ruth or something. Well, yeah, of course, right? But you just can't do that, right? You can't do right. that. You can't take out the university. Like, it's part and parcel for, for who we are. It is. it is. So It is, exactly. I mean, so many of our residents t- are tied either through an, through employment or through um, even just being a fan of, of the sports teams here, but... No, you can't. And I think we should embrace it. Yes, there is much more to offer here. There is 100% you know, more to offer here. But embrace being that, the, one of the last true college towns in America. I think that's, that's so unique to Pullman. Now, a few years ago when Jack and Glenn were getting this Kooks first thing started, uh, how, how did it come to be that you stepped in to be an executive director of Kooks first? And it is a 501c6, um, mm-hmm. Kooks first is. Uh, there is a board. There are about 20 members of the board. 
yep. and and you are the director, so I, I assume you serve at the pleasure then of the board. Um, mm-hmm. How did it how did it come to be that um, that you stepped into this role? Yeah, well, um, so in two thousand. 21, I was in Costa Rica at a retreat. I, I like to do retreats with other entrepreneurs and philanthropists and, um, you know, go. And I felt like I was sort of spinning my wheels with College Hill. You know, I, we scaled the company pretty rapidly. And, you know, I had a, uh, at that point, my son was maybe six months old. And, mm-hmm. I was just, I was actually reading this, this book called the psychology of money. Um, I'm going to try to keep this story as short as possible, but there was, it's, it's I've heard it. It gets better every time you tell it. So yeah, Uh. (laughs) it's a collection of short stories, um, by, uh, a guy named Morgan Housel. I think Morgan Housel, Housel is the last name. Anyways. And the story goes, um, there is an author, um, who wrote, gosh, uh, Joseph Heller, he wrote um, Catch-22, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, he's at a party with, I don't remember who, some sort of banker and a Rockefeller or somebody walks in. Somebody in finance walks in and the guy goes, "Uh, that guy made more money in the market today than you have in all of the combined sales of your books. And the author says to him, he goes, you know what, though, I have something he'll never have. And he goes, yeah, what's that? And he goes, enough. And that to me, just like totally, it, it hit me. I was reading this book at this mm-hmm. retreat and I was with all these successful entrepreneurs and I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't need to be like them because these are very successful people. I had this crazy feeling of imposter syndrome at this thing. I just happened to know the guy that was putting it on. I mean, these are like guys flying in on their private jets, you know, multi, multi-millionaires. And I felt weird being there to be honest. But then I thought about it. I was like, man, I have more than I could ever dream of. And if I continue to move the goalposts every time I hit a, a, what I think is like my ultimate goal, then I'm never going to be satisfied. So, you know, kind of my personal analogy or metaphor story in regards to having enough is like growing up, we never had a garage for our car. Like, you know, I thought that kids that had garages, they were like the rich kids. And <laughs> if we ever had a garage, like, if I ever had a house with a garage, I would have made it. You know, I was like, oh man, yeah. if I ever have a house with a garage, I've made it. So I bought my first house in Pullman on Dillon Street and we had a one car garage. Well then, you know, I get engaged and married and my wife moves in. Well, she has a car. Now we have to think about like who gets the garage. And we actually never park either car in the garage because it was a tiny garage. Um, but then, so you start to think, well, we need a bigger house with a two car garage. And so then mm-hmm. we built our, our dream home. What I thought was in 2018, we're still in it. It still is my dream home, but it had a two car garage. And, you know, then you have your first kid and so you have bikes. Now only one of us gets to park in the garage. So I, you know, start, I found myself like looking at houses, bigger houses with like three car garages or like tandem, you know, garages. And I'm like, oh my gosh, young Tony would have been never, he would never have dreamed of having this house and, you know, driving this car. I mean, I drive a pickup truck. It's not like a fancy car or anything, but we never bought new cars growing up. Like my grandparents were retired. So I just, that, that hit me so hard because I was coming to work and working so much. And like, you know, those are the the times I should be at home with my family and like seeing my kids grow up. And Mm -hmm. I realized like, Hey, I am so content with where I'm at that I found college Hill was starting to spin its wheels a little bit. Like it wasn't right for me to lead the company when I wasn't continuing to push it forward, you know? And so my vice president, you know, they're actually the whole staff. They wanted to keep growing this thing. They wanted to get bigger and better. And, but for the leader, the CEO to not be in that same place. So I got home from that retreat and I called my vice president, who's now our CEO. And I said, Hey, do you want to run this company? And she's like, I, you know, I, I, I was waiting for you to ask kind of thing. So we made a plan, you know, at the end of the year, December 31st, 2021 was going to be my last day as CEO. And uh, she took over January 1st, 2022. And so actually, ironically, and I only know this because I keep getting notifications on LinkedIn, like congrats on your two-year work anniversary. Yeah. I started February 1st um, part-time as executive director because Coog's First was at that point ran by volunteers and they didn't know if they could afford a full-time 
So it's been my two-year work anniversary today for executive director of Coombs First. So in that month, though, I was just kind of, I guess, on a sabbatical. And uh, my mentor, Jack Thompson, um, he called me up and said, hey, we're trying to hire an executive director. We think you'd be a great fit. Are you interested? And I said, sure, I'll give it a shot, you know, part-time. And uh, within a couple of months, it was very clear that I was passionate about it and, and I feel like I'm the right person for the job. And um, now we have a full-time staff of three and, you know, we've really, we've grown a lot. Our membership has grown. We've done 10 times as many events uh, this last year as we did the first year I started. So literally 10 times. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, every yeah. year. So Kooks First has done like an expo and a trade show and all that. Uh, I know you do the normal things that a lot of associations or, or business mm -hmm. groups will do. You'll do the yeah. after hours type type events. Yeah. But just explain Kooks First, uh, I guess the philosophy behind it, like what obviously goes into the name. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, you know, what what precisely the, you know, Kooks First, uh, what it does. Yeah. So... I guess let's rewind to the origin story of Coogs first. Jack Thompson, sure. my mentor, he was wanting to buy a Ford Flex. This is 2009. A Ford Flex, I don't even know what that is. Some sort of hybrid car or something. It's a box that's on yeah, wheels. It, I heard it looks like a toaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was looking for one of those. And at the point, uh, Jack was living over in Seattle and kind of just checking dealerships out. And everyone he'd walk in, you know, they had Husky flags in oh, their God. sales room yeah. and stuff. And. <laughs> So he calls Jim Sterk, who's the athletic director of Wazoo at the time, and says, hey, Jim, I want to buy a Ford Flex, but I want to buy it from a Coug. Let me know who's a Coug in, in the Ford dealership network. And so that was sort of the origin story. Jack ended up coming over to Jess Ford here in Pullman and buying his Ford Flex, and he knew it was the right move when he walked into Jess Ford and saw Coug flags and Coug helmets and all that stuff. And uh, that's the origin story. I guess on the drive mm. home, he called some other Coog business owners and said, hey, we need to start being intentional with this, like where we spend our money. So fast forward, I don't know, month, two, whatever. Um, that same year, he gets a group of six business owners together. And that was the first lunch that they had and said, hey, how can we be intentional with our dollars? Um, that lunch grew to like 35 people. And one of those 35 people uh, said, you know what we should do is a trade show. And that was the first trade show was, I think, 2012. Um, so first trade show had my business, College Hill was at it, and there was maybe 35 to 40 booths, um, all Cougar-owned businesses, and uh, it just kind of grew from there. So um, now we've turned into a full-blown, basically, Chamber of Commerce. We have, obviously, our two flagship events, our trade show in Seattle, what's in Bellevue, a career expo, um, and then one in Spokane, we have a golf tournament in Pullman. We have monthly after hours that move around the state, all around the state. I mean, we've had them in Yakima, Tri-Cities, um, Vancouver, uh, Woodinville, Redmond, Seattle, Spokane, Pullman. And they're all at Cougar-owned establishments. Um, they're networking events for, for professionals. We have a podcast um, that has... I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah, we've had... A lot of remarkable coups on that podcast. Um, mm -hmm. We have uh, some roundtables, industry-specific ones. So we'll get, you know, we have a real estate roundtable. We have brokers and um, mortgage bankers and developers and rental agencies and, and kind of talk about what's going on in the real estate market, uh, financial, financial services. We have a C-suite roundtable for, you know, larger companies for their C-suite execs to come to. Um Gosh, what else do we have? We have an app now. Um, I speak to classes almost weekly. Um, but the whole idea is really just being intentional. And we think that we, we're creating this ecosystem kind of, sort of a life cycle, if you will, of supporting mm -hmm. the university. And, you know, I think we'll probably talk about how important it is to support WSU. But you can support WSU in a lot of ways, you know, with your time, your treasure, or talent, but also supporting WSU doesn't just mean those three things. You could support alumni that are business owners. And eventually the hope is like those businesses that are successful give back to WSU, which in turn makes the programs at WSU better, the facilities at better uh, at, at the school, and then ultimately makes the value of all of our degrees more. Um, but most importantly, it pumps out better candidates for our companies to hire and, you know, somebody who's hired hundreds of people, I've 
you know, majority of them have been Cougs and they've been the, the best uh, candidates out there. So sort of this cycle, you know, if you hire Cougs. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I really, I appreciate you bringing that up because I wanted to get even more ph- philosophical uh, because in, in my mind, of course, I think of a relationship being multi-directional, right? So uh, the desire to, to support Coug businesses is great, but to what to what end and what what is what is it that you get back, right? In in some kind of transaction, and this is a total aside. It's something that I I see um, in in you know just a, a different part of my life, right? I've I've volunteered to to do the sponsorship for our local little league. Um, and business owners, uh, many of them here in Pullman, have been incredibly gracious. Uh, occasionally, we get business owners that are like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm not interested in doing that." And those are the ones I'm going. Wait a second, you're you are you are making your your money on this community. Like this community is helping you survive. And one of them is extremely successful. Doesn't see the need to have a sign at the city playfields because. They don't have any competition, right? It's not a marketing need. And I'd look at this $600 a year sign and I'm going, wait, but hold on. You wouldn't even be here if it weren't for the community. Like, I don't understand. Like, you could say shop local, but then, you know, it's only what's in it for you. Like, there's got to be something back. And so when you bring up that that circle, I think that's so important to understand, like, that this is going to increase the pipeline of people from the university to get jobs and then how do these businesses then turn around and support WSU so even if the individual doesn't feel like, well, yeah, I mean, the transaction, they get a product or get something, a service, right? Mm -hmm. Um, WSU still also benefits from that. I think Mm -hmm. that's wildly, hugely impactful and and vital, I think. So I appreciate you mentioning that and indulging me in my little rant. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean... It's just, you know, the high tide raises all ships, right? So, you yeah. know, the better, the better community we have, the better it is for WSU. The better the university is, the better it is for the community. Um, but really, it's it, obviously like Coogs first, the tagline is, and that's how it, it um, the name came. I can't remember who it was, but some, they were trying to think of a name for this, this networking group. And somebody asked, well, what are you trying to accomplish? And and it, that person said, well, we're, we're trying to get people to think Coops first for their products and services. And the, that's it. That's the name, right? Uh, I can't remember who that was. I, I owe them a beer or a coffee or whatever because I forgot who, who said that. But um, we are not asking you to it, – it's think Coops first, not 100% buy from Coops only, right? Like just give us the opportunity, right? Yeah. And when I speak to classes too, I'm like telling these students – because kind of, you know, when you're young, you don't really think about being intentional with your dollars. It's mm-hmm. like whatever's cheapest or whatever is the easiest or most convenient. But I said, hey, let's think about this from a hiring perspective. Like you're just you just graduated. You're going to interview for your first job and you walk in. You're nervous. I don't care who you are. There's going to be some anxiety. You know, the most confident person in the world is still going to be a little bit nervous. You sit down and the interviewer across from you, you look at them and they're wearing a WSU logo pin. Do you automatically just feel a little bit more comfortable or like feel a small connection with that person, you know? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, so it's like, you know, they're probably going to gonna give you a, a, a leg up. You know, you're going to automatically have some, you hit it off, you would be able to hit it off with them about something. Same thing if you're going in to buy a car, you know, and you, you realize the car salesman, because again, it's one of those things, I don't care who you are, buying a car is a big deal. And like, you always feel like they're trying to like, like, Squeeze pull one you. over on you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but like, if you all of a sudden realize like, Oh man, that guy lived on the same street as me in, in Pullman. Like he was, uh, on, you know, the corner of Kamayakin and I was on Kamayakin. And like, I remember actually, I went to a barbecue at his house. Like, yeah, you probably feel a little bit better about that transaction. Right. So yeah. Yeah. When you get, when you get totally hosed, at least you grew up on the same street. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they're, they're more likely to want to give you a deal. And we're such a tight-knit community that you don't want to earn that yeah. reputation for ripping people off, right? So it's like, you mm-hmm. know, Cougs, they help Cougs. They really do. And it's not everybody, but the, the ones that really are, like, really vested in this Cougar community, like, they're going to hook you up. They're going to be easier to work with. And, um, you know, on, on your point, it's like I, when I talk to these kids, too, about networking, I do a lot of uh, uh, student class class work and there's a Coogs lead program. I'm talking about networking because a lot of them don't know how to do that, especially right. the pandemic and stuff. But 
it's if you go into every situation and what's in it for me, like you're never going to network. Like if you're going in trying to sell everything every time, no, you go in. Like, how can you help them? Right? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Is is the way you should be networking. And uh, if you go in, and that's I was in a fraternity, and our motto was give expecting nothing thereof. And I firmly believe in that. If you can, you know, when I came back to Pullman, like when we started our company, one of our core values was to serve and do good. And so we're always out in the community doing stuff. College Hills donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to local programs and and philanthropies around the country, actually, but never with the expectation that, you know, you have to be our customer or whatever um, in the future, right? It's not like we're we're donating to your cause because we want you to buy all your t-shirts from us. It's like, no, we're going to help you raise money and and I think we actually sponsored a little league team at one point. Um, it's the Mud Dogs. Well, <laughs> I yeah, don't that. say at one point. Just leave it at. Uh, spot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not uh, involved anymore, so I don't know. That, that's that's true. <laughs> um, yes, on sponsorship, and there are some years where the you know the league um, bought jerseys through you guys, and some years it didn't. But mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, I think that that's pretty evident that um, somehow it always comes back to to benefiting. I'm looking at the Kooks First website right now, and there are there are sections for uh, the the events for business education, right? Because small business owners uh, they definitely need they need uh, you know some capacity building. I, I I know the the thing that I always use as the example is you know my family always told me I made great fried chicken, but that doesn't mean you're a business owner. You want to open your 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 restaurant, right? You need to to know like how to how to open that. We see, we see a lot of people who they have a talent or a skill, but they can't translate that to business. And, and mm-hmm. so for so many Kug owned businesses, entrepreneurs, they need that, that, um, that help, that networking. There's a hire a Kug section here, the Kug's first business directory. I mean, that is, mm-hmm. that's, that's where it's all at. Uh, and then of course, um, you know, the, the site itself, by the way, is really nice. Um, and you can access the podcast through it and everything like that. Yeah. So that is, it's kooksfirst.org. So I, kooksfirst.org, I just want to throw that out there. Um, I think this is an obvious question to ask, but like, how does all this get funded? Like, what's your, where's your revenue come from? Yeah, uh, mainly sponsors and memberships, just like the Chamber of Commerce. I mean, we have members. So um, we don't do it by size of company. We do our membership based off of... Um, you know, how much access do you want to various things that we do? So it's a hundred dollars to join the network and be listed on our website. Um, and we, we, we kind of started using this term. If you, if you saw it on the business directory, we want people to Google it. Like instead of Google, it, that. We, we say Google it. Like if you're looking for a plumber, not Google it, Google it. Okay. Google. Yeah. Google it. Don't um, truncate that. So yeah, all of our members are listed on there and, and you can narrow it down by industry. So whatever you're looking for, if you're looking for wine for your wedding or a DJ for your wedding or a mortgage to refinance your house or buy a new home, um, just come to our website and Google it. But uh, yeah, we're, we're financed primarily through memberships and sponsorships of our events. And, and for me, I think really interesting is the that you can, uh, you can filter through by state. And mm-hmm. I think that's... That for a lot of uh, Cougs, I think, is really important. If you want to support Coug businesses, or, or um, at least um, you know, keep that in your mind when you're making those decisions, and and you've moved to Colorado, you've moved to California, you know, whatever it may be. So let's say I've moved to Colorado. I'm 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 doing this live right now. Actually, I okay. go to Colorado, click search, I don't know and here we have some in Colorado. But let me know. There is. <laughs> There okay. is. There's a veterinarian, so obviously did vet med here at WSU, awesome. uh, right here in Denver. It's Kara Veterinary, and perfect. Cool. I've got I've got my dog, my beloved Fido, and now I want to go to somebody who, you know, there's already an instant bond there. So yeah, perfect. Exactly. I think that is an amazing thing. Obviously, more more businesses are going to be in Washington at this point, yeah. but um, I would love to see that expand out, and I'm sure you would as well. Of course, um, yeah. So, so with that board, um, I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the board gives you some parameters, but if I imagine, do you come to the board and say, here's a strategic vision like that I have for the operational things. And they, they review that and say, we like this, Tony, move forward on it. Um, how much feedback do they give you constructive feedback so that you can do your, your job? And, uh, is this 40 hours a week or are you working a lot more than that? <laughs> it depends on the week. This time of year, it's a lot more. The summer is a little bit slow, uh, slower. I don't want to say slow, but, 
Um, it's definitely slower. When we start to ramp up to our events and, you know, the next 90 days are, are like our busiest time because we have our golf tournament, we have mm. a couple monthly after hours, and then we have our, our career expo and show in early May. But um, the board is awesome. I mean, it's made up of some really sharp, sharp minds and people in different industries. You know, we have accountants, we have attorneys, we have um, financial advisors. You know, we got some great people on there. And uh, they're a great resource for me. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I every year I go over the strategic plan and and work with my team here to put it together and bring it to the board and say, hey, this is what we're looking at doing. These are our goals. You know, help me poke holes in this. Help me set this vision. And uh, we have monthly board meetings. And you know, if we ever want to make a big a big change, you know, when I first started, it was just two shows in a golf tournament, and we've added all of these things. Every one of these things I ran by the board. Is this an idea? You know, there was at one point I was trying to do a fishing derby and they're like, well, what does this have to do with thinking kooks first for products, services and hiring? I was like, well, we can get each business to sponsor a boat and go out there and, you know, maybe have some student athletes on the boat and make it a really, and they're like, well, is this fun or is this actually promoting our, our mission? And I was like, you know, you're totally right. So sometimes they have to kind of reel me in because, I'm a visionary and I have all, all sorts of crazy ideas. Like, I don't know if you can see this, but my, these are giant sticky notes all over my wall. That's my office is just comprised yeah. of these gigantic post-it notes. Um, and so <laughs> I need, I need help maybe sometimes being, uh, them playing devil's advocate for me, which is great. Yeah. So you got to um, winnow that down a little bit. I have a board like that in my office. We call it the crazy wagon and that's yeah. where you put everything there that doesn't have a plan yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I have a, one of them just says big ideas and it's just random things. One of them was a fishing derby, uh, a wine passport. I want to do a Coog's first day once a year where all these businesses are <laughs> offering deals to Coog's, you know, and there's, there's all these crazy ideas, but yeah, no, they're, they're great. And, you know, they approve our budget and, and, you know, they're really also, they are boots on the ground because they know who owns businesses. They're networking out there. These are really plugged in business folks. And, uh, we don't know all of the businesses that are owned by Coogs, um, and they're out there finding those for us. So, one of the ones that I really like that shows up is Tacoma Rainiers Baseball Club. Uh, yeah. Aaron Artman's the president who went to the University of Washington Tacoma. <laughs> yeah, but did but you they, know that they're owned primarily by Coogs? Yes. So they're his, primarily owned by the Coogs. <laughs> yep, his bosses, which the That's majority right. majority owner and a couple secondary owners are all Coogs. So. Yeah, so so who's your daddy, U-Dub? Yeah. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> and, and and College Hill, of, of course, is is on the list, right? Because you yeah. uh, you support um, the Cougs first. So um, I guess you know one of my last questions that I ask um, that I want to ask you is for for the entrepreneur that's out there. You know, they're scraping by. They're they're just they're just really struggling. Um, you know, uh, what would you tell them for the value in, in being involved in Cougs First? Let's just say they're not in the, they're in the no-car garage. They're in the one, the house that you, you know, one of yeah. the houses you grew up with. And, and they, they don't know that they can meet payroll. Um, you know, what would be the value in them saying, hey, I'm going to spend the 100 bucks. I'm going to be a member. Uh, what, can, what can they get out of um, that for being a Cougs First business? Yeah. Well, I think the number one thing is finding people that have been in your shoes and um, a group of, uh, it's a support system, really. I mean, if there's, if there's anything, any one value out of this, it's like, it's networking with people that have, have started businesses and have, and failed. I mean, I've, I've started multiple businesses before College Hill was successful. So, um, <laughs> and we'll connect you with those people. I mean, reach out to me. Don't even, don't even pay the hundred dollars, reach out to me and, and let's have a conversation because I might know somebody, or at least I'll go to the board and say, Hey, there's this business. They're struggling. They're a coup. They're, they're awesome. They want to be successful. Can we help them? You know? So, um, it's not just for our members. We ultimately want you to become a member, but also for those that, that maybe aren't struggling, that don't see the value of the hundred dollars. It's like, if you're just going to pay the hundred dollars to be listed on our website and never come to our events and never access the website to see who else is doing business and, you know, helping their businesses by, by, um, supporting them, 
then it's probably not worth it. It's just like any other thing. If you get mm -hmm. in what you get out, what you put in, you know, so like the chamber of commerce, I mean, if you're not going out there and working the network and pounding the pavement and Pullman and going to the luncheons and going to cabaret and, you know, putting that chamber member sticker on your door here in Pullman, you know, it's probably not worth it if you're not working it. Right. Um, there are some people that will just join for the good of the good of the order, which is great. We need those, but, but don't expect the huge return just by, you know, joining the network, you gotta, gotta work it. And at the very least, like when you join, give us a call and say, Hey, I joined, how can I work it? Um, what are some events? Cause all of our events are free. Every single one of our events are free to attend except for our golf, our golf tournament. So come to the show and meet other businesses and, you know, work the room. So, uh, who's the, for what you have seen, who's the best golfer that you have seen at the uh, golf tournaments? Uh, Mark Rippin, without a doubt. Um, hmm. He's he's probably a, a scratch or better. Um, yeah, I would say Mark Rippin. If you are coming to our tournament and you want to win, you want to be paired with Mark Rippin. So. I um I did the the uh, hospital golf tournament one year. I was on Scott, Scott Adams' team. Mm -hmm. And uh, talk about scratch golfing. As soon as they saw me on the docket the next year, they all scratched their name off. Like, that's how bad <laughs> I was. So... I spent most of the, the day looking for my ball. You know, they take the best one for, for each group for every hole. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. thankfully, I, I rode the rest of my team. We did pretty well, and it wasn't for, for my uh, my good play. We'll put it that way. You just have to have a couple good shots. You only need to use, what, like two of your, your tee shots? So, you just need two good ones, the whole, whole 18 I, holes. So <laughs> I just remember, you know, Scott's about as kind as you can get. But at one point, he was getting more frustrated, and he... He told me when I was re ready to tee off, I needed to point about 30 degrees out, out of bounds because they figured it would end up down the fairway. So, oh, that's funny. <laughs> just oh. still a memory of that. Uh, well, well, listen, um, there have been a few other things that you've done You know, here in Pullman. You mentioned the chamber uh, a few times. You have been involved in the chamber. You've been the president of the board of the chamber. Uh, you've ran for city council elected. I mean, you, you have not just been a business owner. You have taken a role, an active interest in, in things that are related to Pullman. And now as your kids grow up, you know, I could see you coaching Little League or soccer. Oh, or doing I can't wait. I can't Those wait. kind of things. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I love it. I think it's a really true, good, um, not only just business story and Pullman story, but a life story that um, – that you have, um, you know, you've put together for yourself. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, you are who you are uh, in large part because of the city. You know, that's why yeah. I invited you, right? This is about well, people. thank you. So, yeah. No, so, it's, it's yeah. a great place to be. And, and we don't plan on going anywhere. And that's why I'm so involved is because, you know, the best way to have a great community is, is be a part of it and, uh, you know, help shape that community. So um, I want my kids to grow up here and not be in a rush to leave. And if they do leave for school or whatever, they're excited to come back. They can't wait to get back. You know, that's the whole thing for me is like, I never want them to be like, I can't wait to get out of Pullman. You know, I want them to grow up and be proud of where they came from. And uh, if they leave to go to school or go work or join the military, like when they're booking that ticket, that flight home, they're really excited to come home because they love this community just as much as I do. So, Six, uh, geez, it's been six years now. Six years ago when I ran for city council, um, that is something I brought up. And I think the oldest of my kids at that point was uh, in middle school. Um, mm -hmm. Now he's graduated and he's four inches taller than I am. Um, <laughs> but I remember saying, look, I actually fully expect, I think it's a natural teenage thing actually to want to leave home. Uh, you know, even if they like Pullman, you know, they want to go out and see the world and experience things. And I think that's normal. Uh, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's not, you never know what, what life has in store. And so I can't, I can't presume that they will come back to Pullman or raise their families here, but I, I want them to, if they want to, you know, I want it right. to be the kind of place that they're going to say, Hey, the, the opportunities here, I absolutely think this would be great. I mean, yeah. that's it. Bottom yeah. line. I mean, I don't think they need to raise their families here, but just, I guess more so that they're excited to come home to visit and they're not embarrassed from where they come from. You know, they're not like, Oh, I'm just from little old Pullman. You know, I think, I think that's what I'm more saying is like, they were proud to grow up here and mm -hmm. have fond memories of this place and have a great childhood here. Um, and when they come home to visit, they're so excited to return. So, 
Yeah. Well, um, let me ask you if you have anything, any last words to add before I um, before I end. And I was just going to let you know that I have now downloaded the Coogs First uh, app. Awesome. So it's on my phone. I did it. I didn't even know the app existed. Um, I have listened to some of the podcasts, but uh, just a reminder on that. But I have downloaded the app. So good. Awesome. Um, yeah. So any anything else while you have an open mic? Yeah. Well, you know, I just wanted to thank you for all you've done for Pullman. I think, you know, seeing your truck roll around with the Pullman Proud stickers <laughs> and, you know, still continuing to be, you know, involved with the city and the community, even though you're not on council anymore, you're still pushing forward and being a champion for our city. I think that speaks volumes about your character. So thank you for doing this. And, um, yeah, keep doing this. Keep keep supporting Pullman. Uh, you are the type of community members that we need. So I appreciate you, and uh, very honored that, to be on this podcast. So, yeah, if anybody wants a Pullman Proud sticker, vinyl, I I actually am just making them and I'm giving them to people. And I just uh, I hooked up Tara at the RPM Express. She said she'd put one on her window. So awesome. done, right? Awesome. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's flood it. I th- I, I love it so much. So um, I appreciate that. Well, don't. Don't forget that um, obviously I'm, I'm interviewing you, Tony, as a person, but but I did want to talk about Kooks first. So um, you know, for those that are watching slash listening, think Kooks first for products and services. Consider if you're a business uh, becoming a member. Uh, make sure to listen to the Kooks first podcast. It is a really interesting um, podcast, and and some of the guests are fantastic. I think, and then of course, like I just did, uh, I haven't explored it yet, but download the Kooks first Connect app, which I think is. Uh, is awesome, and I I would imagine both both iTunes and uh, Android. I got it on Android here, but uh, it's available on all of those. So um, yeah, thank you uh, very much, and best wishes uh, for you in this role. Any other roles that you have in the future, and of course, we want to keep seeing College Hill just continue to be successful. Yeah, thank you so much. Go Cougs. Yeah, thanks, Tony. <laughs> Go Cougs. I thank you so much for listening to the Pullman Proud podcast. What makes you Pullman proud? Would you like to be on the podcast? Or do you know someone who you think would be a great guest? Email me, pullmanproud at gmail.com. Now let's all do something today to make our community even better.